Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Talking the Groove with me, Bob Hill. Uh, in this episode, we will be talking the groove with Claudia Asaki, the Parisian singer-songwriter whose latest EP, her third, um, More Flowers, has just been released only last month on uh, Bridge the Gap. Um, so before we go to the interview... Let's just have a listen to one of those tracks from More Flowers. This is Undia. Exactly, uh, la, la, la banlieue in the east side of Paris, just outside. Okay, well, which one? 
So you mean the town? Or yeah. Do yeah. you know numbers for, for yeah. our area? Well, I used to live in the Dees-Nevier. Oh, amazing. Well, I live outside, so not too far. In the uh, uh, 93 in Rony, near Montreuil. Uh, 93, right, just outside. So growing up in the, uh, so in that area, I'm going to say that area because my French pronunciation is, okay. <laughs> is very, uh, it's like a friend of mine from school once said, you speak really good French, but with a Michael Caine accent. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, um, so growing up in the area you grew up in, uh, I, what I read in your biography said was a, big influence on you uh, on your your create a big creative influence uh just wanted to pin that down really what was it about about that that area that sort of did have that influence on you mm. so it's the it's the outskirts of paris and the east of paris and it's known to be one of the uh, most multicultural places in france to be honest mm. um so there's a great mix of cultures, great mix of, you know, a lot of people, my generation were all, most of us are born here, but with parents from everywhere, especially North Africa, Central Africa, um, Asia, every, literally, we're all from everywhere. And so we grow up together in this space that, where we share our own culture with our own references and stuff, but still with... Um, a lot from our parents uh, so musically a lot of us have grown up listening to um, music that was born here such as um, rap music is very impactful here a lot of rap music was you know um, born here um, in these you know poorer areas um, and then and then we most of us still listen to a lot of music from our parents countries as well so then coming together with you know um this richness it makes you love music in a i think very specific way um but i think mainly it was growing up here made me love rap music a lot mm. um hip-hop um and and the whole culture so yeah mm. well i'm very much of the age where mc solar was a big deal for Ooh. me and my friends okay yeah. he's still he's still such a big figure very much really yeah and, oh, and still working good. and still still being heard and you know he's not you know this this past um figure that that we had he's still very very present today oh wow oh that, yeah. i'm really pleased to hear that yeah, that's, yeah <laughs> that's cool yeah oh that's great yeah no i i mean I'm, everything you've just said i tell you absolutely i understand and b agree mm. with multiculturalism is it, it's a gift definitely uh, absolutely a gift to well not just to the arts but to life i think definitely yes. um i have a lot of discussions with people about the difference for example between cultural appropriation mm -hmm. and cultural exchange yes and cultural exchange uh is just an absolute i think a hundred percent prerequisite for good art I agree, and and um, and uh, and I think it's there are certain artists that really prove that, mm. and um, yeah. And so what you just said really resonates with me, um, and it's 
how how important would you say to your creative process is the interpretation? Oh God, this is going to sound awfully <laughs> earnest. This question, <laughs> but the interpretation of how different cultural mixes work um, is are you commenting on on that even if it's inadvertently or or as a background comment? I think I would need more help with this question because uh, mm, I'm not sure I understand it. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, it, it's just it's, it's just like I think we are all of us can be the sum of our experiences, mm. and and I just wonder with um, your songs, is there um, is there a background of those experiences coming through, even if it's not particularly the main point of the song? Would that, Ooh. yeah, is it in the So you mean work? lyrically or musically? Or... Uh, both, really, or either. Or either. Hmm. So I guess this experience of growing up in a specific area with, is that, is mm. that it? Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. hoping I don't get it wrong. I don't want to. Mm. <laughs> I don't no, no. I, as I said, I think maybe the question was slightly. But it's, it's so interesting. But I'm, I'm mm. so I'm, I'm going to try and navigate it. But it's mm. so I think musically, um, and and lyrically. So as I said, growing up in this place means, um, rap music is important. There's a lot of rock music. Well, back when I was. Um, a little younger um, pop and rock music was was important and I think um, I understand that rap music is very influential for me in in lyricism and in um, in in flow and how mm. I would phrase things so this is I, I recognize it when I listen to some of my songs um, but it's never me intentionally trying to um, emulate something that I've heard it's just you know when it's very much ingrained um i think also my my family is uh, part congolese um and 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 melody in, in congolese music rumba is very important and i think mm. it has um it, it it probably yeah there is space for it in my music i think um and oh I what I've been understanding is um it's only when I listen back to my music that I see where things come from like I understand how I've come to make this type of music or how you know certain mm. mechanisms or um habits in my writing where they come from because as as I make the music I don't necessarily work with reference or um intentionally inspire myself of like I'm I'm not, you know, being active in um in how my influences shape my music. It's only when I listen back that I'm like, oh okay, I understand that I learned this and that from from this person and from being from this place. I understand how mm. that might have slipped through. Oh wow, that, that that's a, thank you. That is a brilliant answer. That that actually hundred percent answers what I was trying cool. to. <laughs> yeah. So oh, brilliant. Thank you. That's that is a, really fascinating that you see it kind of retrospectively or retroactively. Yeah. 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 And that that makes a lot of sense as well. Um, so with your songwriting, I mean, 
can, can you, if you look back over your three EPs, yeah. can you see an evolution of your sound and of your songwriting? Because what was your first EP was My Home. Yes. Then Golden Hour, and now yeah. the recent one from November, More Flowers. Right. Um, can you can you look back and trace your own evolution as a songwriter mm. through those? Oof. Um, so musically, in terms of um, arrangements, I do see the difference, and production, I do see the difference. It's it's like I think the most obvious um, progression than there's been. Um, then for for songwriting purely, um, I think my guitar playing has got better. <laughs> So that okay. does so that does change a little bit. I think I've been a little more um, explorative with the guitar, and also like the the people that I've been listening through to been been listening to um, throughout these years have shaped my guitar playing or helped or taught me things. So um, I I think I play the guitar differently. Um, and who are those people you've been listening to? Sorry yeah, to for, for, no, of course for this for this. Um, for more flowers, Radiohead was important. Mm. Leanne Havis was important. She's always been important, but like specifically um, this time. Um, I know that in Gordon Hour, I was listening to a lot of Bossa Nova, so of course, like the the chords did. Um, so I mean, I played the guitar, knowing that I, I was listening to a lot of Bossa Nova, which is a genre that where guitar is extremely important. So. Mm. Um, and then for my first TP, I was listening to a lot of, um, it's, it's, it's my first TP. I made it through, um, it, it took me a few years to make before it was released because it's just a collection of some songs that I'd written over the years. And mm. over these years, I, I, I was listening to, um, Leanne Havas. I grew up on Arctic Monkeys, um, other and folk music folk music i think was very important to me when when mm. i made that ep for that first ep so i would say in lyricism now or or the melodies i i i don't think i think i found i, I think this this latest ep is more mature in terms of writing just because i feel like i found my sound or or I under I, I know how I write and I think I I enjoy I enjoy how I write and also just to be more specific ly- lyrically is is I've been more bold and honest I think bold is a big because mm. I don't think I've been uh, I don't think this EP is like um revolutionary in terms of the themes that I talk about and stuff but it was a revolution for me to be so open about certain things that I wasn't allowing myself to talk about so that would be the I, I would say overall the progression I'm sorry this is such a long answer but um, no no it's, it's great answer overall I think my progression is that I've been more me and I feel like I'm constantly you know reaching or accessing um, yeah, or, or allowing myself to be more free musically. I think that's what I've seen. Mm, mm. Is that, would that come with maybe, is that a, a changing maybe confidence that allows you to do that? or and, and your confidence in how you've developed as an arranger and a producer as well? 
Oh, probably. Yes, probably. And also because there is a point where music only, well, that's very, that's personal. Um, but music to me, it only makes sense. There is a point where it only makes sense if you take risk or if you, if you're being true and if you're being transparent, like it, it can get tiring curating a certain image or being too, um, how do I say, too, um, how do I say this, too, um, it, it, it gets tiring finding ways not to be direct. Okay, so, yeah. 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 And it's just more fun. But I do mm. think it comes with confidence. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, 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 good. And, and this, uh, this um, if you like, evolution in your arrangements and production techniques, uh, is that come with just, uh, let's say just, that's the wrong, definitely <laughs> shouldn't use that word. Um, does that come with the more you do it, the better you become? Oh, probably. But also who you work with I mean that's been like the main difference for me uh, okay let's talk about that then yeah yeah um my first TPs I made them um my first TP um, I made it kind of by myself and then um um invited my brother and and a friend to um play their instruments on so it was only me my, my vocals my guitar my brother playing the bass and this other mate playing um drums but we only you know had probably like three rehearsals before studio time um it was very much me in that process <laughs> Before him, chains have no choice but to fall. All 
And the progression, I guess, was uh, inviting people to mm. to come and, um, you know, I find it funny. I was reading um, an interview by Dijon. He was talking about he he was talking about his album and talking about collaboration. And he said one thing that really resonated. He said it's such a privilege to know that some people who have worked their craft for years um, would want to come and let you have or let you enjoy the fruit of their work when you weren't there to to work on the thing with them while they were you know practicing their instrument um maybe for for 10 years 15 years working on their instrument and then there's a moment in time when you can when you meet and you can enjoy the benefit of them um being experts in what they do Mm. And it really resonates because this this EP it wouldn't have sounded the same had it not been for for the people who made it with me. So it started with me meeting uh, my great friend Stevie Amilgo who plays bass and he's also um, a songwriter. And then he introduced me to his 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 friends a drummer called Samuel Suissart who's amazing and the guitarist called um, Raphael Perrier. And I'm I invited my my mate Taysong to play some keys on on the EP. But then it 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 started as me making the songs by myself. I, I tried and produce a little bit on Reaper, and then I tried to have most of the ideas clear. And then we. Uh, I just wanted Steve to play some bass on on some of my songs, but didn't really know who else would be on the on the EP or whatnot. And then it, they ended up like producing it with me, helping me, you know, mm. arrange the song and produce it. So the main difference is allowing people to to you know bring their expertise into it mm. Just mm. to make better music. Mm, mm. which is uh, I would imagine it's quite difficult to let somebody else in on your work uh, but when it does happen and, and the results are apparent it must yeah. be well it must be as Dijon said you know as you said that Dijon said it, it must be so gratifying yeah. yeah and I and I think the main difference is we became friends in the process um, mm. um, and and that's that is with I'm really blessed that that happened because it doesn't it doesn't feel as difficult bringing them in it just feels it feels natural and it's lovely to to make friends in in the process and I think this element of trust is so important the element of trust that we find in friendships and um and how I think it helped we had a conversation not not too long ago and we, we said we saw our friendship evolve and as we grew closer we made better music i think 
Oh, wow. Yeah, brilliant. That, that it it is, helped yeah. make better music because you yeah. can be honest. You're, you, can, you, can, you can say the thing that you want to say and you know that you're loved and, and, and they know that you love them. Um, there is a, a, um, a community supporting the project. So it feels less lonely being an independent artist when you know you're surrounded by people who want the best for this project, who care about it in, very personally. It makes all the difference. And um, when you know that you're with people who want to make great music, not for their own benefit, but just for the you know sake of there being a great body of work out in the world and helping you um, achieve your dreams, it's, it's very different. In the end, the intention is different, and then I think the music is different from that mm, because of mm. that. Uh, well, can we talk about how that all comes together in the context of? what is my favourite song from the EP. Mm. Um, just sort of thinking about the process uh, for um, Now or Never. It's your favourite song, Bob? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's mine too. Oh, brilliant. Well, right oh, now, okay. yeah. I, oh, yeah. I'm, oh, that's exciting. I'm happy yeah. you love it. Yeah. Yeah, I do. It's... It, it's um, I mean, I love the EP, full stop, I think. Thank the, you. The tr tracks, I, yesterday, I had it on repeat most of the day, to be honest. Oh. But Now or Never sticks out. I love the drum break at the beginning. Yes, and, yes. And so if we sort of use that as a framework to sort of discuss mm -hmm. your process uh, yeah. from the writing to the arranging and then the producing with everybody mm -hmm. else on board... Mm -hmm. uh, just wonder if you could sort of take us through that. Definitely, and I think that's that's I would say that's the perfect song for that because it's the, it's the one song that the one song that went through the whole process. Some 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 other songs, you know, they you know everything is different, but that one song really benefited from like every single stage in 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 the music making process.
So we talked about Leanne Le Havas, and to be honest, um, she she's very important for this song because I was I was just listening to 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 her music. I can't remember what song it was, or was it her version of um, uh, Aretha Franklin's um, "Say a Little Prayer" that I was listening to, and then I was just playing around with the chords and figuring out progression for myself, and just ended up with um, the 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 progression for for now and ever. Um, so as it usually happens, I was just in my room playing guitar um, with not necessarily an intention to, 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 to make a song because at that point we were already arranging what we thought were the final songs for the EP. So it was beginning of 2022 um, and I, I already had probably like five to seven songs that we were working on and then just in my room I was playing and then, and then the words, the words just, honestly, it, it just flowed. Yeah, the words just, just came to me and, and that was a, that was a fun process. So it's, it's just a loop. The, the, the chords don't change much, um, except for, for then the, the bridge. And then, um, I presented the song to, 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 to my mates during a, during a session and they, they loved it. Um, the, 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 the guitar playing was definitely inspired by um, Leanne Havis's version of Weird Fishes by Radiohead. At the time, that was the the only version, like the, the version that I listened to. And then when we went, when I introduced the song to, to my friends, I told them the, the reference. And because I was never used to listening to music actively whilst writing songs. And it's only when I met them that I realized that's actually how they work to arrange mm. music or even to create music from scratch. They like to to know what direction, what the intention is. And I, uh, I, I just thought that was funny. So then we listened to some music um, and and my friend, the guitarist, Rafael, said uh, he he loves the Radiohead version of Weird Fishes and we just listened to that. And that inspired the drum pattern that we both love. Mm. Um so yes, it was, it was, it was just one song in or two influencing the the arrangement, but it was, it was really important. It it is it's a yeah, weird fishes is a very specific energy that you know we were inspired by, and then um, we recorded it. Everything was 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 fun. I did. That's the only song that I did backing vocals for, whilst we were in in that studio because the other songs I did backing vocals at home because mm. um, we didn't have time and money for more studio time. So, mm. so yeah, we were trying to be strategic, but that song, we recorded everything in the studio and then just added some um, production elements at home afterwards. Um, so I'm thinking about this. There's this keyboard glide at some point, I think, as you enter the song that I really like, um, or just yet, yeah, just bits of production throughout the song, and um, it's yeah, I, I'm I'm very happy that you I'm very happy that you love it. It's it's very dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's a, a, a well, it, it, for me, it's a, it's the standout track in an EP of standout tracks, to be honest. Cool. It, 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 really, it really works, yeah. Um, 
yeah, yeah it's um yeah it's uh, i'm just trying to i'm just trying to think how to how when you respond to music mm. or when one responds to music you can respond yes. to it emotionally you can respond to it kind of academically with mm-hmm. oh i like the way that that's been done and that you know almost like as a muso uh would and yeah. uh, does and then you can like respond to it in that kind of very sort of visceral sense of I'd like to dance to that. Yes. And it, and that's what I got from it. It really made me sit up. And, me uh, too. And yeah, yeah. And it, so that's why I was fascinated about the process on that. Um, Amazing. Um, Picasso. I, I ask everybody this. Picasso mm-hmm. was quoted and and uh and I, I hope we've got the quote right here inspiration strikes when you are already working mm-hmm. um so i did wonder do you actually ever sort of set time out and say okay i'm gonna have a day or a week or whatever of songwriting um or does something have to you know, I'm assuming you have more than one process, but you described with uh, now and never that you were just playing. You were playing along to Leanne Le Havis and understanding mm-hmm. the chord structures. Is there ever a time when you just sit down and say, "Right, I, I need to write some songs," and uh, does it come when you're already working, or does mm-hmm. it come when you're playing around to somebody else's music, or is it a mixture of different things? Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, at that time, I was I was um, studying. I was in law school, so mm. I did I did six years, and then graduated whilst making the EP. So it wasn't there wasn't much time to be thinking. Okay, I want to set, or I didn't actively set apart any period of time to. Mm to make music just because it felt impossible maybe Mm. Mm. and then I went on to work at a salad bar when I graduated from law school um and then and so yeah I was always doing something uh parallel to making this EP um so I think maybe working in a different field when I worked at the salad bar I did have a lot more time than when I was in, in law school so I think it always kind of nourished my music in the sense that after like when I'm done working I want to do something else I want to do something fun and then music always comes in as like the natural release for me um that there are times when ne- never it, I, w- I was never pressured to make an EP I never felt pressure to make an EP so it was never a matter of okay I have to sit down and make this music because there's a deadline or because there's a goal it if if I ever do sit down because it's happened to me a few times it's only because I feel the I I feel an overwhelming urge to to express myself in Mm. a way that other things can't help me with for example um I journal a lot. Um, I love. I love to write. I love to paint. I love to to do. You know. Um, you know. 
I love arts in general. I, I, I like to do different things. I like to walk. I like to do different things. And then there's a point where these things don't help in the way that I know writing a song would help. And then that's the only moment. It, it feels kind of like an emergency. It's like, okay, I have this feeling in me that I don't want to carry. It's a burden. It's becoming too difficult for me to to carry. I, I, the only times I will sit down is when I feel like, okay, it needs to happen. Um, but generally, generally, mm. I, I write music very naturally just because it's part of my everyday life. And that's mm. just how things happen. Yeah, oh, that's lovely. That is the, the fact that it's part of your everyday life, part of your existence. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that uh, on the one hand, that makes me so jealous that you you, you have the ability to do that, uh, but it's also really, really rather beautiful that that uh, that that's what you can do and that's what you do do. But also um, sometimes it, it is part of my everyday life. It doesn't mean that the songs sound good or that, you know, it's ever, it's not always a successful experience. No, no, but that's the uh, that's the nature of everyday life. Oh, true. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, just on the EP alone, uh, there's French, there's English. Is it Spanish as well there? Yeah, there's Spanish, yeah. Yeah. So uh, do you, what's your... When you write in English, for example, do you write in English straight away or do you put it down in French first and change it? Or how does that work? No, I I started songwriting in, in, um, in English when I was 13. So I'm French, right. um, yeah. French and Congolese. Um, mm. But yeah, I grew up in a French-speaking household with, I mean, other Congolese languages being spoken, but I don't speak them. And then mm. when I was about... Um, 10 or 11 part of my family part of my family close relatives moved to manchester um and so i can hear that i can hear that yeah <laughs> i've been trying to neutralize my accent though <laughs> but... oh well yeah. no i i think that i think i really just from a very personal point of view i think that accent and dialect are very important um mm -hmm. sort of parts of not just personal identity yeah but I, culture uh, yeah there needs to be more identities if you like i agree yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway sorry i interrupted no you no no you're that was insightful it's just um so yeah part of my family moved to manchester and that's how you know i got in contact with a different culture and realized there are like Obviously, I did know about the English language because I grew up listening to a lot of um, American gospel music and R&B. I was a big mm. Destiny's Child's fan. So then I knew that there was a language, but um, I didn't know it was so close to me um, geographically and and so rich. Like, the you know, it was... It, and so, you know, we travel a lot to Manchester because, um, you know, that was, that was close family. And that's where I learnt to speak English. Obviously we 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 did have English classes, we still have English classes in France. And and just more generally, English is very much um present on on the internet now. A lot of the content that we consume, even as French, you know, young people, a lot of it is in English. So um but when I started songwriting I was about 13 um 14 and I was listening to a lot of folk music by 
um, British artists such as Lucy Rose or Lewis Watson. And so I think for me, a lot of song, a lot of songwriting is just appropriating, maybe it's not the right word, but like making making things your own, things that you've heard before. Or I, I, I don't think that's science, but that's how I've, I, I approach it. I, I realised that at the time I was just um, trying to, um, you know, how do I say this? Put... Um, how do I say this? There, I feel like in like different genres, there are images that are common um or or forms of writing that are common or you know ways to to write music there are they're not rules but they're you know habits and then you can instill that in your own songwriting and so it mm. just made sense for me to write in english because the the song the songwriters that i was listening to weren't writing in english um that made sense and also there was a part of it that was because I was young and uh, my my dad doesn't speak English and I didn't want him to understand the songs. That was the main. <laughs> In the same way that you probably wouldn't want your dad to read your diary. Exactly. Yeah, I get, <laughs> exactly. No, I get that. <laughs> I'm glad you get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, you mentioned earlier about how uh, how the internet is mainly in English and how mm. that made sense to you as well. Um, uh, I just want you to describe how important the internet has been to your music reaching other people, reaching that oh, wider yeah. audience. Yes, absolutely critical in, in ways that I don't really understand. Like, I don't know how it happened. I, I, I released my first EP in January, or was it February 2020? So... A few weeks after that, we only had the internet to communicate with, you know, people from all over the world. There was no means to play live music, to travel, to tour. Um, and 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 that's when I realised it, it, it is it is a, a good enough platform to 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 reach other people. But also like there wasn't there wasn't I was signed to a label at the time. Um, but there wasn't a strategy to mm. to reach people. So this is this is it, it. I don't explain it like it doesn't really make sense to me. Apart from the fact that I know, um, so I know you listened to my two first EPs, but they're very um, they they have a very you know, clear message, or not even a message, but like the themes are very clear. It's about my faith as a Christian. Um, woman and so there was definitely a platform for that in the sense that it's a it's, it's kind of a niche you know um you know a, a niche niche genre um they there isn't a there aren't too many artists talking about those things in the style that I do etc so I understand that I think at that point because there are so because I'm 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 one of the only people doing it this specific way. Uh, I think it resonated with 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 people and this mm. audience and this community. Um, and community, I think, beyond you know the the power of the internet, I think is really community that does it every single mm. time. Mm. You know, mm. 
word of mouth and sharing. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, and then going back to what you just said about being a, a black Christian woman, marathon. Yeah. Seems to be the the song that really, uh, and I hope I've got this right in my own yeah. interpretation, that just seems to be the song that really is you telling the world that you are a black Christian woman. Is it? That's what I, well, it's, that's how it came across to me. I think there cool. just seems to be a real, uh, there's a bit of power, not uh, empowerment. It just seems to be Ooh. a self-empowering song. So, um, and so I hope I've interpreted that correctly. No, you know, you haven't, yeah. Whether that was your intention or not, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I, could you tell us more about Marathon and, and what it does mean to you and, and um, what part of you you are sharing, if you like? Mm. Running out of breath like I just ran a marathon. love your interpretation of it um 
it wasn't intentional or I think that's not how I'm connected to this song but I, I love your perspective um I think I see it I see too much through the prism of how like the state I was in when I was writing it so I don't see it from a distance um mm. I was really anxious um I and and my and and my I wrote it in a very poor I was in a very poor mental state um and I do understand the empowerment part is yes I understand I understand what you mean and I do feel it as an empowering song when I sing um the second verse that says the only reason I'm singing is because I survived all the things I thought I wouldn't and and I do like when I sing this line I'm like I I do understand the weight of like yeah it does have power in the way that you in the way that you say I've always loved that kind of French chanteur style of singing or the okay. chanteur style chanteur style of, yeah. of storytelling in the songs oh and um I did wonder how much because I would assume you're growing up with the likes of somewhere you're going to hear Yves Montand or you're going to mm -hmm. hear Jacques Brel or mm -hmm. whoever. I know he was mm -hmm. Belgian, but, you know, um, how much do you think that may be an influence on your songwriting? Uh, yeah. And if so, was it conscious or maybe unconscious? Oh. Um, so I grew up um, listening to Francis Cabrel. I don't know if you've heard of him. You mm. do? You have? Okay. Francis Cabrel, through my father, he was such a fan. And so... Anytime we would travel by car, we would be listening to him like hours. However, I because it is it's funny because uh, the the previous question you asked is whether I translate from French to English, and I don't. Yeah. And so I don't know how in my English writing or writing in English, I don't know yet how. Um, French songwriting and French singing has, you know, how much of an impact it has. Like I can't quantify it. I don't see it. Um, it's only, you know, I I I like to to write in French a lot more now. Uh, there was a time I didn't do that at all, but I've been I've been exploring that more, and I enjoy it a lot. And I I I know, as I said before, but like I I see the impact of French rap music. A lot more than anything else um but it is I'm, I'm still curious to know where Francis Gabriel comes into play I don't know mm. I don't know if if it's possible that I've translated kind of um you know our French style of writing songs and incorporated that in in my writing in English I'd be curious to know mm. Mm. do you have like do you are you thinking about any specific um, mechanisms of song um, French chanteur chanteurs that you've heard? Um, the one that yeah, probably more more than anything, I would say Jacques Brel. Mm. Um, and I don't know why, but that pro probably because that's the artist I know best. Yes. So again, I'm just I'm 
looking for my own reference points. Mm-hmm. That's yes. all. I don't. I mean, I, I'm not a musicologist. I'm not a songwriter. <laughs> I'm not even a musician of any kind. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be able to. I understand the written word, oh, yeah. and and I can uh, analyze that till till the end yeah. of time um but you know it's, yeah. it's, it's like anything you can analyze it you can bring your own meanings to other people's work yeah and so I'm always very conscious to to understand that I could be doing that mm. um but no there, there was uh, the other thing as well I mean the Jacques Brel link as well is obviously you played the Olympia and um oh, yeah. you know so uh, so I may have been unconsciously bringing that to Mm-hmm. to my own listening that's um, amazing yeah but we so... did it, it it might have done something to me or like because I'm thinking back to like primary school years when we had to learn poems by heart and French poems are very in in the in the um in the writing and like the phrasing or like you know the the timing of rhymes I don't know how you say it but the rhythm mm. of poems is very similar to a lot of French songs by Jacques Brel and Dupiaf and other people um and then and then we also had to learn French songs in in music class um mm. so it's from from French poem poems to French songs like there's this culture of songwriting that's so interesting but uh, yeah I, I yeah, think for, now that, for, for that all of us, of yeah, yeah, for all of us, it mm. must have impacted us in different ways. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, now you say that, I'm thinking of Paul Villan. That, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That really, yeah, that, yeah. I can see those links there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so it, I, it's like we said earlier that we're all the sum of our experiences, definitely, and um, that can easily come out in in any kind of artistic expression, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> through your own filter, I suppose. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you what, where where we're going to end now is <laughs> uh, because. I think the journey, and I'm going to use the word journey very deliberately, from doing open mics in bars in Paris to playing at the Olympia, which is such an iconic venue. I know. Um, I don't, I'm not going to ask you to describe the journey like step by step and then this happened, then this happened. I would like to know, though, um, how it felt walking out on that stage knowing that it was it is such an iconic venue and how did that feel for you personally and how did that make you feel about your your work your body of work as well Mm. so that was back in june 2018 um i was yeah just 19 and at that time so at that time, I was still in law school, and I was—I I remember I was in the in the university library, um, searching up, um, you know, anybody looking for opening act, and I came across this ad for a very big French artist um, called Julien Doré, who was looking for amateur artists um, or you know upcoming artists to come and play at his show 
I'm getting better at like being in the present and being anchored to fully live in the moment. I want to do that. At the time, I wasn't great at that. So when I was playing L'Olympia, I wasn't playing with the realization that I was, you know, in this iconic music hall. I was just, I, I, I understood what it meant. I saw my name like on the, you know, in big red lights. That was crazy. Mm. But it didn't feel, it, did, it didn't necessarily feel like me. It didn't feel real. And then also like the lights on stage, um, the lighting was very specific. I couldn't see the audience and it was very intimate. And I was playing acoustic guitar. So the whole thing made me, I, I, the, the feeling I remember having was, I feel like I'm at home, I feel like I'm in my room because I don't understand that people are, people are listening to me and I was alone on stage. So that's the memory I, I have of this moment. And then, and then people, so then I, obviously at the end of, of, of every song, people would clap and that's when I would, I would realize. And also it was, it was different because, and I remember like leaving the, leaving the venue afterwards, um, people came up to me. That was my first time, like, you know, having, you know, people listening to my music and being able to um, chat with, with people afterwards. And it was, I remember it being very overwhelming. And I don't know if when you came to Paris and lived here, you felt the difference between the, you know, central Paris or like the, the difference between Paris and La Banlieue, the outskirts. But I think part of my culture is I feel the difference. And, and I remember telling my parents, can we go back to the outskirts very quickly? It's, it's mm. less overwhelming. It is, it's, it's a lot less overwhelming. I don't know why I'm saying this, but that's, that's like one moment where I felt like, okay, I'm very much from where I'm from and home is not this side of the, this side of the road, the periphery is not the my home. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go yeah. back to to my side of it. It was overwhelming. I think that's that's the feeling. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, well, I I love what you just said there. That actually on stage you felt like you were at home, like playing in your yeah. home. Yes. And then once it was over, that's where the overwhelming feeling came. Yeah, I guess that's it's because I think that's when you realise what you've just done, like. Performing mm. is, is is such a weird thing when you think about it. Like, it is it, it's, it's it's such a weird thing getting everyone's attention, people you don't know. Um, at the time, it, it was it was very personal songs that I was I was singing. Um, it's 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 such a very specific way of you know. It's it's not a normal social dynamic or interaction with other people and also I think that's one point I realized I really really wanted to make music for a living like I really wanted to do it and and it's those rare moments of like when you understand your purpose or what you want to do for the rest of your life it, it feels very scary at least like that's how a lot of the you know greatest things in my life have come with is it's a lot of fear um that's perfect 
that's the perfect ending to this interview. That's how I'm going to end it. Fear. That's, that's, well, that's the moment I knew I wanted to make music for a living. That's brilliant. Okay. I made up on my eyes. you be the centre of my attention. No more knots to bite. I'm done with all the sadness and intimidation. Your love.